0: The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate or subsidiary companies. We are looking for a regular human black bill. Do you believe in the resurrection?
1: Welcome to the Freeland Gazette, the unofficial Black Lightning podcast, a poppychuloradio.com original series, poppychulo radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, November 21st, 2018, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the CW series, Black Lightning. Please welcome my co hosts, Dimitri Wee J.
2: What's good, y'all?
1: And Professor X. Hello. Let's jump into our recap of Season 2, Episode 6, which was titled The Book of Blood, Chapter 2, The Purdy, and aired November 20th, 2018. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Black Lightning and Thunder return to South Freeland in an attempt to figure out what is going on. When they arrive, they are directed to a nearby wood where they are surrounded by a clan of mixed-race moonshiners called the Purdy. Meanwhile, Lynn, feeling tremendous guilt, falls into a deep depression. Tobias finds that his plan is falling apart. Let's check in on the ratings for Season 2 Episode 6. Black Lightning was viewed by 1 million total viewers with a 0.3 in the demo. It was steady. And as I like to say, steady is the new normal. So I want to get everyone's initial reaction to this episode, and let's start off with The Professor.
3: You know, I wasn't as crazy about this episode. It felt, it didn't feel like a Black Lightning episode. Uh, You know, the whole thing in South Freeland, uh, you know, that sort of, you know, uh, weirdness. One of the things I've always liked about Black Lightning was that it seemed... You know, for a comic book show to be very grounded in reality and and uh, that the uh, the whole Seth Freeland thing just struck me as a bit odd. Uh, I thought maybe they spent a little too much time on uh, Lynn and her sense of guilt. Um, yeah, so yeah, this uh, I, I wasn't crazy about this episode. And usually, you know i'm I'm a huge uh, fan of black lightning. I don't think there's been an episode that I haven't liked and I'm not saying I didn't like this one. I'm just saying that compared to when it's at its best, this one didn't strike me as uh, as one of those best.
1: Dmitri, what about you?
2: I I'm actually inclined to agree with the professor. The whole South Freeland, you know, uh, black people living in the woods thing. Um, I can see how there's some interesting metaphor there, but as a storyline, just in and of itself, it didn't hugely engage me. Um, and yeah, it just it just felt a little more far fetched than. What we've traditionally seen from this show, which is, as the professor said, very realistic, I actually really liked the um the storyline with Lynn. I thought it was great that they didn't, you know, gloss over the fact that you know Doctor Jace played Lynn and they actually had her facing the consequences of this. Um, But the the whole Purdy storyline is i mean maybe it'll grow on me it definitely led to some exciting moments but it just seemed kind of out there
1: and you know what i agree with both of you i'm actually surprised that i'm agreeing with dimitri since i question a lot of his life choices but i i well i disagree with the professor as well so dimitri we're more we're more in sync tonight than ever before i loved the lit stuff I felt like the Lynn stuff uh, was uh, very important because uh, it, it was great to see her humanity. And um, it was just... I, I loved it. I loved seeing um, everything that they did with Lynn in this episode. That whole Purdy and Sanjay thing was just so weird. I did like that they opened up the universe... But it was a weird way to open it up. So that was... Oh my gosh, I don't even know. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Everything else, though, was really good for me. I loved everything Khalil. I love that our friend uh, did not go kaboom. So uh, there were some positive things in the episode. But oh my gosh, that main storyline was just... It did feel like a very different show, and uh I feel like based on like obviously where we left things, we will at least be seeing this again next week, and uh I hope that it's interesting because it it was interesting it was just it was weird the secret of the ooze was weird, so um. Before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of Black Lightning, here's our announcer with a few special announcements.
4: Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you.
0: This is a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo radio experience and making it more interactive and user friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming.
1: Thanks, announcer. And let's start off with our friend uh, because he did not go kaboom, he did not even go boom boom pow. He's alive. And he's in the middle of a very... Yes. He's in the middle of a very beautiful kitchen. Torturing a man. Chopping fingers off in front of the pooches and everything. And uh, apparently this is one of the would-be assassins. And uh, Gambi, who's alive and well and ready to kill, is uh, interrogating him. And the only bit of information that he got was the fact that he was paid online... And he was paid with Bitcoin. And then uh, boom, boom, pow, goes the guy. Because he gets shot and killed in front of his pooches. Which uh, in a couple of days I'm sure they will be nibbling on his toes or something. They're going to get hungry. You know what I'm saying? And so later on we see exactly how he survived. He's got this whole biometric thing that opens up a uh, secret passage under the seat and he's able to leap out of it because he's a badass MFR. and then while he's hiding in the bushes, he detonates the car. Kaboom. And he's hiding out because he's trying to figure out who's trying to kill him. But while he's hiding out in a little motel, hotel, holiday inn type of situation, he is able to keep track of his people, he's got uh, you know a tracking device on Anissa, and he's very confused as to why she's in South Freeland. And then uh, via the uh, camera on uh, Black Lightning's suit, he's able to see exactly what's going on and that kind of thing. So focusing specifically on Gambi, I'll start off with the professor. Because I know you had opinions in the previous podcast. What did you think of the Gamby reveal? Did you think it felt um, realistic or organic? And did you like the explanation as to how he escaped? And uh, I know that you were a little hesitant in the previous podcast with the idea of uh, the Pierce's going through all of this emotional stuff because of gambi's death um are you still that feeling that way now Do you, did you find it appropriate that gambi is sort of laying low so that he can figure out who was trying to kill him before reaching out to his family
3: yeah i mean i'm definitely glad that gambi's not dead i think he's a good character and he's a valuable addition to uh to team black lightning um I, I still think, you know, from a storytelling point of view, it would have been a very brave and bold move, uh, and once he was what I did there, um, uh, so you know, to have killed him, thank you, uh, uh, to have killed uh. him like that, but uh, no, I thought uh, the explanation, I, I really like the fact that after uh, certain people were crapping all over his uh, uh, his uh, truck last week, it turns out they did have that high-tech way out of it, so people who were mocking the truck for not being sufficiently high-tech, uh, the trick. truck showed you. Uh, but no, and it does make sense that he would be off, you know, trying to hunt down the people, uh, who were killing him, and, uh, Now that said, why he doesn't tell Jefferson, uh, you know, that he's alive, I'm not sure that that's, there's any good reason for that, uh, except that he's probably been trained to, you know, not trust anyone, not tell anyone, uh, because anyone could give his secret away, so it probably makes sense. Uh, I did like the uh, the total badass scene of of him with the guy and you know cutting off the uh, the fingers. Um, it's uh, it, it was good. I mean it was it was good bringing back. It's it's nice to know that he wasn't dead. But as I say, I think it would have been a uh, you know a, a bolder story choice to to actually kill him. But this way, you know, because we don't know who was hunting him down. So now we've got Gamby off doing his uh, his side hustle. Uh, you know, basically tracking down who it was who wanted him dead. Uh, and that could be something that he's doing, aside from, uh, you know, uh, uh, Black Lightning and Anissa dealing with the uh, the people of South Freeland. So I think it's probably, you know, a good storytelling uh, decision in the long run. Dimitri, what about Jill?
2: I'm so happy he's still alive. Um, I actually am going to continue to crap on his car, because I was kind of disappointed in how he survived. I was... Because everybody said we didn't see anybody getting out of the car before it blew up. And so I was like, okay, you know, maybe he was—he left the car a while before, maybe he was on auto drive. I was trying to think of all these different scenarios and a secret door and he just rolled out. I just, I was expecting something cooler. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, but I guess that's to be expected from a car that's not even bulletproof. Um so it had protective stuff. It went from 36% to 9% in like two shots. Oh my gosh. Anyway, um but I am I am happy he's uh he's still there. I disagree with the professor. I don't think it would have been a good story choice cuz I think he is a a great foil for Jeff in terms of the types of fathers that they are cuz he's sort of Jeff's father and sort of a fatherly-esque figure or uncle figure i guess to the girls um so while jeff is sometimes you know flying off the rails he's sort of very reserved um and yet at the same time not as cautious so i, I like having them both on the show
1: maybe the reason why the car went from like nine what was it 90 to, to 9 30 to 9 it was a little fortnight reference Because, you know, you just shoot the damn cars in Fortnite and they kaboom really fast. I am happy Gambi is alive. I love this storyline for him. I agree with the professor. I feel like he's going to be doing his own thing, which I think is going to be really interesting and sort of like secret spy type of stuff. Uh, I I like it a lot. And, uh, of course, at some point we will have um, an epic reunion with Gambi and the family. This is the Book of Blood. And maybe it's not necessarily blood as in the red stuff; it might be blood as in family, and maybe at the end of this arc, these seem to be like four episode arcs, uh we might see the reunion, which um might be kind of nice, but, so but mm-hmm. Jefferson and Gambi are not blood for never mind it's Uncle Gambi, and he's basically his papa, so. Could have been the Book of Hugs in that case. The Book of Hugs. Well, there you go. Oh, all right. Where do we go next? Uh, Both of the storylines that I want to talk about next, I'm really excited about. So, uh, um, eeny, meeny, miny. Let's do Lin. So, in this episode... Lynn is going through a lot. She's uh, very much in her feelings about the pod children and getting duped by Dr. Jace. Jefferson consoles her and then she has to do this like press conference in front of like the families of all the uh, pod children, letting them know that 14 pod kids uh, died. But she doesn't know which ones. Yeah, she doesn't know which ones. And everyone's yelling at her, there's this man that is um, very insistent on his child, as he should be, and Jefferson has to, like, uh, you know, pull her out of the building and all this kind of stuff, and later on when she's driving home, I'm assuming, uh, that man ends up rear-ending her and uh, yelling at her through the window, My child! My child! Uh, i mean he's trying to find
2: out if his daughter's alive
1: i, mean... I get it i do the only problem that i had with the storyline was basically the parents and and i understand everyone's emotional and whatnot but because we haven't really gotten invested in the pod kids they really are just the pod kids it's not even like you know she would go down the line and she'd be like this is you know kimberly grace and 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 scott brown and uh um jenny marie or something like that you know if we would have gotten to know some names or something like that maybe i I would sort of feel for the kids but i totally get what they were doing and why they were doing it It just um i was more invested with lynn's reaction to it because obviously we know lynn and we love lynn uh for the most part um when she isn't uh sort of going back and forth with Jefferson. So she's really going into it and, and she's feeling the weight of everything. And after a little talk with Jennifer, Jennifer was trying oh to... Oh my
2: God!
1: What Je- the fuck was that? I feel like Jennifer was being... I don't know how old she is, like 16, 17 or something. Like, she was being a teen. An asshole. No, I thought she was being very logical. It was not the right moment for logic. It was the moment for, like, sympathy and empathy. But she was trying to be logical. Like, you know what? I understand their point of view. Like... You didn't do it, but you were in charge. So it's kinda of like you did it. And then Lin was like, Really? And so she goes she goes to the bathroom to cry and then she does end up having a more tender moment with uh Jennifer. But uh, it it's was long enough. it was it was something. Um I really felt for Lynn. I love Lynn, so seeing her go through it uh, throughout the entire episode I did like it, though, because I felt like it was very appropriate for the character. I mean, she's a very empathetic character, and uh, it seemed very real and organic. And I feel like a lot of shows might have glossed over this. But sort of um, going back to the grounded nature, for the most part, on this show with metahuman people and uh, people on occasion coming back from the dead at times it is still more grounded and uh, the, the fact that they uh, they showed this uh, i i really liked it dimitri i know that you were enjoying the lynn storyline so what what are your thoughts on what lynn went through this episode and uh, let me know what you really feel about jennifer
2: i i usually love jennifer because she usually inserts shade at exactly the right moment but she has also shown herself to frequently be a really empathetic character. In fact, she shows that even this episode with how quickly she reads Khalil.
4: But we'll talk about oh that later. Oh my god,
2: that that moment with Lynn, I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" That was so grimy. Oh my god. But um, I really like that they made the storyline this intense um with the parents because it it shows I think to the audience that these aren't you know just pods these aren't points these aren't numbers these are people these are people who've been missing for a while and they have loved ones um who are really invested in getting them back and we saw that with isa but isa's been gone for a minute now and we haven't really gotten to connect with any of the pod children in the same way but it's important to remember that these are people and their families waiting for them back home and half of those families are now uh, struck by tragedy, really. Well, Um... technically,
1: if you really want to think about it, and I totally agree with what you're saying, though, but technically, they kind of mourned them already. I mean, it's been 30 years. So you would think that they would have, like, mourned them already. But I get it, you know, it's the hope they could be back, and so they're mourning them all over again. But
3: I, yeah, I, I'm, that was me I, I sort of trying, you, being you. a little
1: cynical. But I do agree. And some
3: of them are, some of them aren't, uh, aren't from thirty years ago. Some of them are some, the recent uh, green light. Kids, some of them so. are the green light babies too.
2: Yeah, true, true. I, I think the the guy who was looking for his daughter was she was probably a green light baby, right? Because she wouldn't still well, he'd be much older if she was, you know, forty something.
3: Yeah, that is also, true. Also, he probably wouldn't have the picture on his phone like that. So.
2: True, true. Yeah, um So yeah, I I thought I thought this was good. It it really made the the um stakes for what Lynn is doing much more real. I think previously we've seen it as Lynn versus Jace, but really drives home the point that there were laughs at stake.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Professor X, you weren't the biggest fan of the Lynn storyline. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? And uh, any thoughts on Jennifer's involvement in the Lynn storyline?
3: Well, I, I, I don't think it was Jennifer trying to be a bitch. And I think they sort of set out that she was trying to help in her own way. And I think it, it did sort of bring out the point that if anyone was watching that and thinking that, you know, uh, Lynn was taking it too hard, Jennifer brought out the point that Lynn did have a responsibility of care of those people. Lynn allowed herself to be fooled by Dr. Jace. It is Lynn's responsibility that those people are dead. She wasn't the one who killed them, but if she'd done her job a little more carefully, if she hadn't allowed herself to be fooled by Dr. Jace, they would still be alive. And uh, I think that was then setting up, uh, you know, uh, for Lynn to have that reaction when she was talking to Jennifer saying, you know, she wanted to save them all and she saw them as, uh, as Anissa and Jennifer. And, uh, so I think, you know, Jennifer, it, it, came across as, as, you know, ham-handed and bad in the moment. But I think, you know, it was sort of making that point so that we would understand that. My reason for not liking this is something I've noticed over the past few episodes, pretty much every episode this season. And once I tell you guys, you're going to see it too, and it may, uh, affect how you, uh, interact with this, uh, The people who are doing this show are absolutely in love with uh, Lynn's sad face. If you go through and count the number of scenes that start with Lynn gazing pensively off into the distance or end with Lynn gazing pensively off into the distance, it's just they're doing it so much. I'm just tired of it
1: i will say she does have a very good sad face
3: she has a very good sad face but she has a very good face well i agree with that as well she has a great happy face she does
1: she doesn't get to be happy all the time like i noticed she doesn't get to be happy
3: at all no i she did (laughs) nothing but relentlessly sad lynn If Lynn was your friend, you would avoid her. You would see her coming down the street (laughs) and cross across the street because she would just be a total downer. She did smile in this
1: episode, which made me happy, but then she was very sad throughout the rest of the episode.
3: There
2: used to be a CW show called Smallville where everybody was staring pensively slash sadly into the distance all the time. Every episode.
1: So, I mean,
2: progress for the CW. Um, but it's only uh, one
3: character doing it now.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, only one character. Well, they learned that if they have every character do it, you know, one of them will end up joining a sex cult.
3: Well, more than one apparently.
1: Oh, oh, oh my God! Yeah, whoo, that
2: was that was creepy stuff. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like that. I feel like a lot of times Lynn has purely been pushed on the family front. She's she's pushed because Jefferson's pushed or Anissa's pushed or Jennifer's pushed. Um, and she hasn't really been pushed, you know, on her own. And every other member of the Pierce family has had that. So I'm kind of glad that, yeah, she's been in her feelings for a minute. But usually that's caused by another Pierce. And now she's, you know, she has her own life. She has her own career. And we're getting to see that part of her and how she copes with the struggles of that.
1: Okay, there's that as well. I love me some Lynn, whether she's sad or not. She's uh, Thanks. amazing. Thanks. Yeah. So let's get into, well, I would say at least two of our other, I mean, well, for two of us, it's one of our other favorite people. Maybe not Dimitri. Um, Khalil. So Khalil gets uh, a lot uh, in this episode. Uh. And Tobias gets a lot in this episode as well. We learn a lot through this storyline about what Tobias is doing. So remember that whole plot point about a real estate developer buying up a whole bunch of property? Turns out it's not really a real estate developer. It's really Tobias. And Tobias wants... land where the clinic is so he sends off his his congressman that he's blackmailing and he tries to get the congressman to talk the pastor into um, into selling and, and moving the facility and whatnot but the pastor's like no i know it's tobias we've all known that tobias is around and if it's not tobias you know just create your own little clinic, name it after your mother, whatever, but if it is Tobias, you could tell him to kiss my holy ass. And, uh... <laughs> I a... did not know reverence could say that. Can reverence say that? Well, Does Clifton Powell verify... can say that. What? I said Clifton Powell can say that, so... Oh, okay.
3: So there you go. He's a Methodist, so...
1: Oh? Uh... Hmm.
2: Not sure I got the connotation there, but okay.
1: Well... And neither did I, but it was a great line from the professor. So, (laughs) moving on. Tobias. Listen, I don't know what this was. I I feel like it's Tobias feeling like he's untouchable. Because I just, I did not understand why he revealed this. Maybe he didn't even realize that he was revealing this. But as he's talking to Khalil, telling him that he needs to go and kill the pastor, uh, he, he confesses. To being the person behind the attack at the march. That, uh, you know, based off of what happened there and and the gunshot, Khalil got paralyzed. And Khalil immediately realizes what's going on and and what happened. And uh, later on, he has this wonderful, tender moment with Jennifer you know, uh, out outside the window where there are googly no. eyeings and no. it, it's adorable and Jennifer stop and Jennifer is like, you know you don't need to do this like this whole painkiller stuff like I see Khalil and uh, she's like y- you had a you made a lot of mistakes throughout this year, but he's like I made do some that. good he's like I made some good choices and he kisses her hand it was adorable. And uh, then later on, he goes up to the reverend, and there, this is a great moment. I love this moment between Khalil and the reverend, and it gets very physical, and, and the reverend's like, I know you, and, uh, I knew you when you were in your mother's belly, and there's there's a, a plan that's in place, but the, the reverend is not having any of it. And so when he goes back to, um, to Tobias, and he's like, you know... It, I failed basically Tobias ends up monologuing like oh you know because you're one of my favorites you know I didn't I never punished you and so it's my fault that you don't live up to my expectations and at this point Khalil is through he he knows everything and he blames Tobias and they get into a fantastic fight but Tobias, of course, being that he is he's jacked, super-powered. He ends up getting the upper hand. A beautiful fish tank is ruined, and so was some of Khalil's face. When he goes to see Jennifer later on, he doesn't want to see her because of his whole face stuff. And um, she ends up seeing him face-to-face, and they share a little moment together as well. It looks like they're about to kiss... But they go in for a yeah. hug. So since Dimitri is a hater, Professor X, what did you think of the Khalil storyline? Do you feel... I feel like I'm always asking this. Do you feel like this is sort of continuing his redemptive arc? What did you think of the fight between Tobias and Khalil? And uh, do you think Tobias... like? let Khalil in on um, what happened at the march uh, on purpose do you think that was a a, um, accidental sort of reveal do you think maybe he's just so confident and cocky that he was kind of like fuck it like I don't care if you know that it was because of me what did you think of that reveal I thought it was uh, interesting
3: as far as the reveal goes I think it's more that Tobias simply doesn't care uh, you know, he's, he's confident enough in his power and look at everything he's accomplished. You know, he got rid of Lady Eve, he's been running the 100, he's now back, he's popular with the public, um, you know, he's, he's running, a, 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 a he's on a run of success, so that's obviously going to, uh, affect that. And we saw that later on, you know, just how confident he was, uh, when he took down, uh, Khalil. And it turns out, you know, he has every reason to be confident because, damn. He's a, he's a tough sob. Um, as far as the Khalil stuff goes, uh, you know I liked it. I you know I, I do think they're still holding a possibility of the Khalil redemption arc. Uh, I think uh, Jennifer might be the key to that. Um, uh, I think it's nice that you know Jennifer still shares that bond with him. And you know, much as some people may not like them together, and even if I agree that you know he's he's not right for Jennifer, you know they're teenagers. They're going to make these wrong decisions. Uh, you know, they're, you're always, you know, uh, going to have them dating the wrong person, and and there's not much uh, you can do about that except stand back and and, and you know what, wait for it to burn down. Uh, love the scene uh, between uh, Khalil and uh, and the Reverend. Oh my God, the Reverend was just uh, fantastic. Um, you know his his confidence uh, and everything like that, and and Khalil stopping short. Now we've talked about you know Khalil's possible redemption. Uh, You know, the people that he darted, uh, you know, in the attack on the high school, you know, presumably none of them were killed. So he really only has the one person that he's killed, and that was clearly indicated as an accident. So I do think there is a possibility of redemption, Uh, and we saw him in here. Now, part of it was that, you know, the person he was asked to kill was, uh, you know, someone he knows, someone he respected, someone, uh, you know, his mom knows. Uh, So that would have made it more difficult. But I think the fact that, uh, you know, he couldn't do that. Uh, you know, it does still hold out the possibility of redemption for him. And um, I'm kind of hoping for it. I, I really liked Khalil before he became painkiller. Um, and, uh, and you know, God help me, I do like him and Jennifer together. I think, you know, they're nice. Uh, and um, I think, you know, when... When Jennifer was, you know, uh, reacting to him, you know, basically, you know, talking about, you know, what he's gone through and, and the decisions and basically, you know, what a weird year it's been. She's been through that as well. So I think she probably has a better understanding. You know, she has accidentally hurt people. She has been in a situation where she wasn't in control. So I think even though she hasn't revealed to him, you know, that she is special as well. I think she has a, a special understanding of what he's going through, and uh, and and that makes her you know an important person for him, not just for the history that they share, but because you know uh, she can I think perhaps come to understand uh, you know what he's been through, and I think the reveal you know for Khalil to find out that it was Tobias who did this to him, not Black Lightning, was important, and he tried to do exactly what I said I hope he do uh, last week you know which is uh, you know turn on Tobias and take him down. The problem is. He wasn't strong enough. He wasn't powerful enough to take down Tobias. Now, maybe if he got some friends to help him, some electrically charged friends to help him, uh, it might be different. But right now, he's just not strong enough. And, of course, Tobias knows this. Tobias, you know, is smart. Tobias is, you know, a good manager of his resources. Uh, he knows how far he can push uh, Painkiller, and he knows when to beat him down. And uh, And I absolutely loved his discursion on, uh, you know, battlefield tactics and uh, situational um, uh, morale and stuff like that before he he started laying down the beat down on uh, on Khalil. So uh, I thought you know Khalil had a, a very strong arc in this story and uh, uh, and they're certainly holding up the possibility because you know right now he's thinking well I can just run away but you know what's going to keep him here is probably going to be Jennifer rather than anything else. It is Thanksgiving Eve
1: and uh, I'm very thankful for Professor X's answer. I thought it was a pretty damn spectacular so while bitter dimitri gives his opinion professor let's leave and let's go have a slice of pumpkin pie and you know what we'll even eat it with a fork so dimitri yum i know dimitri go ahead and be as bitter as you want to be
2: let me take a moment to gather my thoughts um okay as much as i hate to admit it um there clearly mm, is gonna is be
3: God, did you put nutmeg in this? this is I great. This did. Was this fresh? Both of y'all oh, can lick my balls. balls?
2: To... Oh. Anyway, there is definitely going to be a Khalil Redemption arc. You can see them strongly, strongly in traditional CW fashion, uh, foreshadowing that that's going to be the case. Uh, he really can't go any further. Um, right after Tobias gave him the beat down and smashed that fish tank. And by the way, what the hell was that fish tank made out of? Because... It took Khalil being thrown against it multiple times before it broke, and I want a fish tank like that, just saying. So but it's anyway, better than the
1: Gambi car?
2: It was better than the Gambi car. If Gamby had been swimming in a fish tank, he would still have a ride right now. Anyway, um, so he really can't go any further, right? Because at the end, right after he gives him the beatdown, he's like, you kill the preacher and your mama, or I'm going to kill you. Which was like, what? the fuck what what the fuck it's so weird given that right before tobias killed lala he was like you kill somebody's mama anyone who does that has no morals and i was like like are you kidding what what the fuck that was that was a, a new low even for tobias so obviously khalil is not gonna go along with him any further um Whether that means Khalil is going to die or is going to, you know, team up with the pierces remains to be seen. But we are definitely geared towards uh, a Khalil redemption arc. I love that Jennifer threw shade at him, even as she shows her care for him. She's like, when he doesn't want to show his face, she's like, if you're going to play games, I'm going to go back inside. And then finally he shows his face. um, And she he's like, why are you still giving me the time of day? Which I also want to know, Jennifer. Why are you giving this fool the time of day? They almost but you know, yes, she uh, she um, she shows that she clearly you know cares for him and and has a huge uh, sense of empathy. She can really sort of feel him out, uh, a talent which would have been useful when she was talking to her mother earlier. So <laughs> um, yeah, as much as I dislike Khalil, we're clearly going for a. At the very least, a Darth Vader esque scenario where there's going to be some sort of redemption arc for the guy.
1: They almost kissed. It was uh, pretty amazing. Repulsive. Oh my gosh! And there was—I love that tender moment where where he was like, "You were the best thing that the decision that I made." Like that was—I loved it. I got. I agree into with
2: it. that. All his other decisions have been ass.
1: Oh my gosh! Well. There you go. So, yay for a Khalil Redemptive Arc. Uh, Ooh. Yay for more information on Tobias and what he's trying to do, even though we really don't know fully what he's trying to do, but he's he's buying City Block and that kind of thing. I guess we're going to have to wait and see what that means. So, let's head into uh, whatever this was. So... <laughs> Let's see, how do I want to tackle this? Um, Let's talk about Looker first. So, at the very start of the episode, we're introduced to the Ooze Lady. We were introduced to the Ooze in the previous episode, and now we know who's behind that silvery, metallic-y goo. And her name is Looker. And throughout the episode, we get little bits of information here and there about who she is and what she's doing. So 30 years ago, she shows up in South Freeland, and uh, she's. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm like, trying... I, I I just uh, heard how I'm gonna say this, um, and it made me laugh. She spread her ooze around, and uh, she enslaved uh. the white part of uh, South Freeland. So she calls her enslaved people the Sanjay. And she feels like she's their savior. Because they were all basically meth heads. And she cleaned their veins. And she's given them a great life. So it looks like part of what Professor X was hoping was true at least 30 years ago. South Freeland, the white side, was um, kind of uh, maybe very poor. Trailer parkish. With a whole bunch of meth heads and that kind of thing, and uh, Looker cleaned it up, and uh, now everyone, because they have her goo inside them, uh, do everything that she wants, and she, because of the goo, controls them. She can see through their eyes what they're seeing, so she's kind. Of, they're kind of like um, her own uh, um, walking version of the Ring. Uh, doorbell and uh, they also get super speed and strength and all that kind of stuff so the Sanjay are, uh, are a force to be reckoned with and then on the other side of South Freeland there's what they call the Purdy it's basically the black side of Freeland and uh, there seems to be some sort of war between both sides it's kind of Hatfields and McCoy-ish in regards to the relationship between the Sanjay and the Purdy. We'll get into like the specifics of what happens into the altercation and uh, Anaya and that kind of thing in a moment. So just talking about the overall world building that was done in this episode... What did you think of Looker, and uh, what did you think of like this new mythology with the Sanjay and the Purdy? And I will also make a little note that as we learned later on in the episode, it seems as if Looker is one of like the first generation uh, meta people, much like Black Lightning. So, uh, we haven't gotten full confirmation, but based on when she arrived and that kind of thing, uh, at least Jefferson and Anissa sort of put two and two together, that Looker could be uh, part of that first wave. So, Dimitri, what did you think of this new mythology that was introduced and uh, Looker as well?
2: Um, Looker almost seemed too... Too cardboard a villain for this show. Given we have Tobias, who's a very believable gangster type figure, um, and even you know the the gov- the rogue government agent who uh, who, uh, while probably a little bit more in the far fetched realm, was still sort of a believable storyline. Looker is like she has this ooze that controls people, and she's racist. Like it's it's almost too. Too perfectly trash. Um, I, like the the pinnacle moment where she's handed one of the twins and she's like, "What am I supposed to do with this thing?" I'm like, "Oh my god, it's it's too cardboard." Um, I
1: know she turned into like um freaking Shelley Winters from like Black Cleopatra or something.
2: That reference went over my head. That that
1: was a deep a sure. uh, black exploitation cut. Uh, someone out there got it.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm not feeling this whole storyline. I, I do like the idea of like a segregated area of Freeland, but having it also be the woods, having like the rest of Freeland totally unaware of this for 30 years. Um, it's, uh, is kind of weird. I do like the idea of there being another villain, who is from the same era as Black Lightning, as opposed to all these other, you know, sort of pod kids who are, you know, newly discovering their powers or, or something like that. But uh, this this whole storyline seems a little far fetched. She's she's more like a, a witch character in, in like a very cartoony sense, like a wicked witch of the of the White Freeland. Uh,
1: character oh, wicked, than like the um, white freeland west
2: yeah yeah then uh then like a real person and one of the things we like about this show is everyone seems like a real person
3: yes yeah, she... the record show dimitri just said he likes segregation
1: <laughs> that
3: is <laughs> not I what i said to notice
2: that that is not what i said
1: it was close enough though that was like the cliff Go notes back version of
2: the tape How
1: the fuck was that what I said? Professor, I've got to say, when you do that, it's just spectacular. You did that to Brittany. Oh, or is this Brittany? I'm just
3: pointing out the, the hideous racism that uh, is around us. I'm <laughs> I'm a truth teller.
1: I know I said did... I
3: like the idea
2: of a segregated part of Freeland as a storyline. You love
1: segregation, now, yes. But he that's did this I, th- that's
2: not I the like same the idea, idea of segregated part of Freeland. Okay. <laughs> he did this as whole thing
1: storyline. He did this as to Brittany over line. on our Supergirl podcast
2: storyline where he said
1: that she she said that she loved to hate crimes it was spectacular oh fantastic so this is fanning the fire that I am Britney
2: yes in addition to making me look racist Okay, okay there you go I
1: see you Professor X what about you what did you think of looker she is a comic book character apparently I don't know much about her and I don't think she's a villain uh, i believe that's something that I she's a read. hero
3: yeah, yeah in the comics she's a hero she's black actually White. an ally of black lightning in a group called the outsiders which was put together by batman but her power set is completely different uh, although i suspect there will be an element of uh of the original looker that comes uh through in her because the actress they have playing looker is quite young and if she's as old as jefferson uh, I think that you know you'll get the reveal that she's actually kind of a you know an ugly old woman by the end which was a big reveal about looker but basically in the comics she's just uh, someone who has um, you know basically the power to uh, to uh, to warp men's minds to her will because she's super hot so you know that's a pretty obvious parallel there uh, but in this case you know the the whole you know silver stuff like that that uh, was not in the comics so uh, so that's new um, yeah, so I, I mean I just wanna, you know, go on the record as saying I'm not in favor of racism in any way. So or shame you other people. Um what I think is kind of interesting about this is, you know, as as Dimitri said, you know, she's obviously a racist. Um and uh, and and you know, it you know, congratulations CW series for making a racist the bad guy. But what I find kind of interesting is that she's essentially enslaving the white people because she's such a racist she won't have anything to do with the black so she's enslaving the white people and arguing as many racists would that oh they're better off because I'm enslaving them I mean that is classic uh, you know southern racist uh, argument in favor of racism so I think it's really interesting putting that in the uh, in the mouth of a a blonde uh, blue eyed uh, woman who is enslaving other white people saying that you know you guys were nothing without me I am making you better by my control which is god kind of what you know all those people were saying prior to the unpleasantness you guys like to call the civil war um it's uh, it, i i and i wonder whether they're going to make this overt uh you know making the uh, the slavery analogy um uh, more overt or or whether that's even an intentional thing i don't honestly know but if they do that i think that could be really interesting um, but as it is, you know, right now, it's just, uh, you know, it, it is kind of, you know, uh, intriguing to see how you have the different groups. And even, you know, when. Um, oh, uh, when. uh Oh, I can't remember her name. Uh, the the girl who gave birth is talking I to know, Anissa yeah. and basically says, you know, we live off the land and we grow organic crops and stuff like that. It's it's basically a, a form of virtue symbolizing, you know, that, you know, we grow hemp and we grow organic plants and stuff like that. And we live off the land as opposed to the white devils who are living in the city. So in a sense, there's, you know, the, uh, the classic, you know, uh, urban versus rural divide, which is, you know, uh, you know part of, you know, uh, mythology dating back to, you know, probably the Epic of Gilgamesh, and certainly is present in the Bible. So uh, I don't know if they're going to make that overt as well, but I do think it's kind of interesting. And, uh, you know, much as I don't like the way they're going with Black Lightning, because this doesn't feel like a Black Lightning storyline. This feels like something you'd see on The Flash or Legends or something like that, not because it's funny or lighthearted, just because anyone who is putting ooze into someone's body and controlling them remotely doesn't seem like the sort of thing should be happening on Black Lightning, which, as I've said before, is a much more grounded show. And, uh, you know, it feels like, you know, the sort of thing that could happen in our world, whereas this just seems odd. For someone who's like been apparently controlling everyone in South Freeland for 30 years, that seems crazy. Um, so uh, the unreality of it, and I realized to criticize unreality in a show where, you know, you have Black Lightning basically blasting everyone with lightning and, and you know, superpowered powered beings running around and stuff like that. It's just this seems a little further than they would normally go in Black Lightning, and it, it kind of left me that, thinking that maybe they pushed it a little too far in this case. I agree with both of you. Also, to reiterate, I am not in favor of segregation, unlike some people I could mention.
1: Thank you for that. Uh, But I do think that we might see a little bit more of this, oddly enough, just because if they start exploring the OG metas, and if at some point we start getting to know these pod people, we're going to have to get to know people with very interesting and unique powers I hope that it doesn't get as weird as ooze but I feel like this is a taste of what is to come we're gonna be introduced to a lot more metas in um, probably throughout the rest of the season um, hopefully this is the only miss because um, as kind of interesting as the mythology was it was a lot and it was, um, it was very weird, and a little too weird. Just to throw for out, a,
3: just to throw out a possibly interesting angle. Um, you know, Looker is obviously incredibly racist against blacks, and so is Tobias. Could they possibly form a partnership? Oh, that would be interesting.
2: That, that might involve some some hard uh, self inspection on Tobias's front.
3: Would it or or would it be more that, you know, because he's been as critical, frankly, as critical of the black community as Looker has been? I I think it'd be if Looker could, you know, see her way clear to partnering with Tobias, I think they'd be a a very dangerous combination. I don't know. It it might be interesting, but it would be weird. Uh, I think, you know, Tobias pairing with someone with that weird power set would have. Somewhat similar to uh, to uh to Jefferson's reactions of, of and actually, you know, as much as we talk about how weird the situation is, I think the writers were sort of aware of that and giving Jefferson the reactions of what the hell is going on around yeah, here?
1: Is, he basically was like, This is some weird shit he was He was
3: almost there as the the proxy for the audience going, "This is outside of my comfort zone. this is not the sort of shit I'm used to dealing with and I think that was a you know a, a clever way to to do it so uh you know it, it it's uh uh if if that was an intentional uh, uh ploy on the part of the writers, I think it was a, a very clever one basically uh you know expressing you know uh, our weird our sense of well this is not what we're used to. By putting Jefferson in that same situation. That might have been clever. Um, And, uh, you know, a realization that they are pushing us outside of our comfort zone, just as Jefferson's outside of his comfort zone.
1: That's very true. Could be. So, the main part of this storyline, like where the action comes in, is Anaya, the woman that we were introduced to in the previous episode. She is about to give birth, and uh, she gives birth to twins. A black twin and a white twin which um, throw her family for a loop because the the guy that was interested in being in a relationship with her is disgusted that she was with uh, Deacon Uh, they learn that Deacon has died and uh, now that uh, this whole Romeo and Juliet type story is playing before us uh, there's the the Added sort of uh, raising of the stakes that, because she had sex, a. a purdy had sex with the Sanjay, these kids now have the ooze that uh, that uh, Looker uh, filled the Sanjay with. So these kids are now uh, now uh, a, a part of uh, this enslavement, basically. Looker can can find where the kids are and Looker wants to be in possession of the kids so uh, the the family try to get the kids to safety and Looker ends up sending her people and there's this big altercation in the woods uh, between both sides. Uh, black Lightning arrives just in time to zap a bunch of people, and one of the kids uh, gets taken away to safety, the white child, but uh, the black baby gets uh, kidnapped by the Sanjay and taken to uh, Looker. Some of the ooze uh, escapes one of the bodies, uh, and. Uh, Apparently, through what Anissa learned, the Ooze will always return to Looker. So, uh, Black Lightning is slowly walking behind the Ooze uh, so that uh, he can track where Looker is and where the baby is as well to save the baby. So... uh, any thoughts on, like, the action part of it, as well as the, um, the storyline that um, sort of introduced us to South Freeland? Uh, uh, are we at all worried for the babies? Uh, will the baby be saved? Is there going to be some sort of epic fight between Looker? Can Looker fight? Maybe not. She's going to control everybody else to fight for her, probably. I'll open it probably. up to the floor. I'm
2: not hugely invested to be honest. I think the only reason we care at all is there's two adorable babies who I don't believe are related in real life but um are related in the show as a as a metaphor for a biracial relationship. So um Well not just we a wanna...
1: biracial relationship, but a, a pretty sanjay relationship.
2: Right, yeah. Um two groups that are analogous to racial groups. Um, so, yeah, I think we want to see the babies to safety. It was kind of weird. Um, we we see the uh, the um, humanization of the pod kids with Lynn. Um, but uh, for this storyline, it's like they almost don't care. There's like a bloodbath, and Jefferson's walking past all these bodies, and he's telling Anissa about that. And then Anissa's like, oh... Uh, are the babies okay? That's like that's all we care about. Um, and clearly the babies are in danger right now. Looker doesn't seem to be the maternal type. She sees the black baby and goes, "What am I gonna do with this thing?" Um, which isn't very nice to say the least. So, a- again, it's feeling kind of cardboard. We got this, you know, racist um, human possessor enslaver white lady. Um, I do think there's gonna be a battle. I think she might just be filler, honestly, um, which would be sad because thus far it's felt like Black Lightning hasn't had a filler episode, really. Um, but it looks like that might um, that might be the case here. I think he's going to follow the ooze to her. Um,
1: now, I just because you he... don't like a storyline doesn't mean it's filler. I'm just saying.
2: True, true. If I don't like a storyline and it's not good, then it's filler. I oh, mean, my it... gosh. I Although, mean, uh, maybe we uh, saw it, it, a little progress
1: is... with Looker. She did share her ooze with the black baby. Uh, maybe she's becoming more tolerant.
2: Uh, <laughs> where I do see this going is, and this is my prediction Jefferson will try to take her on solo. He will get into trouble. Uh, he's going to get him, And Gambi will come get him as well. And that's how he'll find out Gambi's still alive.
1: Oh, okay, that's good. Do you think he's going to get oozed?
2: I hope not I mean the the metaphor kind of comes full circle if she enslaves a black superhero i, I just uh, this whole thing just grosses me out uh it's uh I hope they do something with her there's the fact that she's a hero in the comics uh I don't really see a lot of heroism coming out of this lady but I really hope there is something non- cardboardy that comes out of this storyline uh before it wraps up i'm I'm not a huge fan of it but at least, you know, add some dimension here somewhere.
1: They've made her into like a pretty despicable, racist lady. I have no idea how they're going to. I don't think they're gonna try to redeem her and make her a hero. I just can't see it. Uh, I, I don't either. But yeah. some, like,
2: give her some sort of other dimension. Like, g- g- make her a person. Right now, she's she's very much a comic baddie.
1: Hmm. There you go. Professor X, anything else to add about uh, looker in the ooze? well?
3: Given, given the tradition of white devils on this show, my guess is that maybe they'll, uh, you know, get Jefferson in a situation where she could theoretically take control of him, but she will choose not to because she's such a racist that she can't stomach the idea of, you know, sharing her ooze. <laughs> Shame on you! Uh, you know, uh, you know, using her ooze to control a a black man. I think that's you know that that might be the uh, the the realization that you know the the ultimate failing of racism is that you know by seeing you know another person as less than uh, you don't realize uh, their strength and their power.
2: It's kind of um, odd though, because historically, even racist white people have shared their ooze. Uh. Oh, my gosh. Are we uh, talking about point, Thomas yeah. Jefferson? Give that up. Shout out oh, to I Thomas wish, Jefferson. I really
3: wish yep. we hadn't gone there. Uh, but no, you are absolutely correct. And yet, it's it's always a unidirectional thing, right? Uh, white men can have sex with black women, but white women could never have sex with black men. So the sharing of the ooze is unidirectional, and that might be. You know, we're, we're I think we're really overestimating uh, what the, the writers of Black Lightning are going to do in terms of you know, making a, uh, you know, a, a case against miscegenation or for miscegenation uh, in this show. But, um, yeah, my, my gut feeling is I, I agree with Dimitri. I don't think this is going to be a long-term arc. I think you, we might get three or four episodes in the Book of Blood, assuming that the Book of Blood is referring to, uh, you know, the Sanjay. But, um one thing that I noticed, and I'm not sure, I, I may have missed something because I was watching the show fairly quickly, so I didn't have a chance to go back and check it again. So Looker has that, you know, sort of you know mercury effect in her eyes. And the babies both had that in their eyes. But I didn't notice that in the Sanjay when she was controlling them. So I'm wondering if that means that maybe the babies might be outside of her control. Or you know, a, a different locus of the power. Um, uh, the That that might be something that, uh, you know, and so that it is these these two babies created by, uh, you know, uh, you know, an act of miscegenation uh, that that ultimately breaks her hold. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but I think it might be a possibility.
2: It's interesting, though, that, you know, despite, you know, we're talking about the the sort of symbolic ramifications of the two races and racial mixing um they do take the opportunity to have anissa very blatantly call it out where she's like listen you two can deal with your old ass views on who should be with who later um but we got to get these kids to safety right now um sort of indicating that she really doesn't give a shit she's of course in a in an interracial relationship but with another woman of color and it it is interesting that despite the huge sort of segregation uh, metaphor that i think is the main purpose of the Purdy and the sanjay um this uh you know the the writers are sort of i think through in this uh, kind of expressing that you know the, the the antiquatedness of these uh of these prejudices
3: no you're totally no, right I think, you're, yeah. I think that's a really good point and i think You know, when you look at how fast, how quickly society has changed over time, even if you look at someone from 30 years ago or 40 years ago, I mean, honestly, even into the 1960s, anti-miscegenation laws, uh, you know, were the reality in in many parts of the United States. Um, So, I mean, that is an example of where the, the cultural evolution has been so quick and uh, and having anissa basically you know say and and you know anti-miscegenation goes both ways so for her to be saying to you know the black parents you know you, you've got to get over this this is these are your grandbabies um uh, i think was really interesting and by the way um we saw the the grandmother uh the uh the woman with the short hair batina um, you know, yeah she didn't look did all that happy to have a white baby anywhere? did we see the the deaf grandfather anywhere uh, after the uh, attack because i don't recall seeing him i i remember seeing the uh the grandmother sort of slumped over the uh uh the uh the uh the uh the wheel of the uh the truck but i don't recall seeing the grandfather anywhere and i'm wondering whether he might be a more significant character than we're giving him credit for
2: possibly i i was checking um among the dead um and i did not see him there i'm pretty sure um so I think he's definitely out there. I didn't see him in uh, in Looker's room either. So, yeah, I think I think his uh, his fate is TBD. But I think it will be significant.
3: And maybe if it's one of those situations where, like, maybe May- Looker has to tell you what she wants in order for her to work. The fact that he's deaf might uh, you know immunize him against her powers. So that might be something. Uh, Going forward, because I I doubt very much that it's purely by chance that they they chose to cast him uh, as being death. There's probably some significance to that.
1: I like it. That's a really interesting theory. I guess we're going to have to wait and see. So uh, now we'll have
3: to look and see.
1: Oh, yes. So now it is time for the MVP, the most valuable player. Which character impressed you the most and why? The rules are simple. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and uh, why. And if someone has already mentioned the character that you're going to choose, you must select a different one. I know all of you really want to select Looker as your MVP. So um, I, I guess
3: whoever well, goes first. Someone who is in favor of you know segregation would probably want to choose Looker.
1: I know. So Dimitri, you may go first. You may select Looker if you like. I'm gonna pass
2: on Looker. I feel I feel repetitive because I feel like I've done this a couple of times now. The MVP of this episode is clearly Thunder, even though I didn't really like the, where the whole storyline was going. She was all the way a G. I got to. Uh, I'm glad we got to rather um see her medical side again. I think for most of this show she's been a vigilante or an activist and they gloss over the fact that she's a medical student so we got to see her deliver babies we got to see her you know sort of work her quote-unquote soft skills in terms of you know getting the family ready getting them moving in a very difficult time comforting anaya who's clearly you know very scared through the whole situation and then being a badass through the through the whole battle and trying to trying to get the babies to safety so yeah it's uh it's clearly thunder um I know I know. I tend to be a Thunder fanboy, but she definitely deserves it. So, Thunder for me. A,
1: a total shock. Uh, like, my jaw is on the floor. I,
2: I know. Kill please.
1: I know. I would have never expected this. Now, I feel like Professor X is going to take my MVP, but if you do, Professor, do my MVP justice. Uh, I do have a backup, just in case. So, Professor I'm, X...
3: I'm willing to bet I'm not going to choose your MVP.
1: Oh, well, Professor X, who is your MVP and why?
3: Uh, my MVP is the Reverend. Oh, okay.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, was... I
3: thought he was fantastic. He's a character we've seen before. Um, I loved his scene uh, with the councilman, uh, you know, uh, basically saying, you know, we all know it's Tobias. We've known he was out there. We've known he was with 100, you know, basically establishing the idea that, you know, the, the knowledge of the community um and then you know his scene with khalil where he is you know uh bravely facing him down and something we talked about last season a fair bit in terms of black lightning that's kind of disappeared this season is uh is the role of faith in black lightning because that was a big part of the show last season and it's, it's unusual for an Arrowverse show to deal with questions of faith and deal with, you know, the characters dealing with their uh, their issues related to faith. And I think having the Reverend being, you know, a, a very strong, brave character, you know, uh, confident in his choices and willing to face down either the councilman or Khalil, uh, you know, based on his faith and the fact that, you know, he's, he's lived a long time and seen it all. Uh, but he played it so well. And anyone who can say he can kiss my holy ass uh, deserves an MVP from me. I it's like a-
2: it. It's important to remember, too, like, you can't really have a conversation about the history of black civil rights in this country without discussing faith, right? Like, faith has historically been the organizing ground. Churches, you know, religious organizations, they- they've been the traditional meeting voices for uh, things like the boycott, the whole civil rights movement. Um, so even if it isn't, like, Faith per se, the role of faith organizations in in the civil rights movement is they're, they're almost synonymous to some degree.
1: I love it. Look at Dimitri bringing the historical knowledge. Uh, I feel like he's trying to cover his ass since he was uh, called a racist earlier. It's amazing. Oh, you got me, damn it! I hey, you right? can be
3: you can be religious and still be a racist.
1: There you go. And you can be knowledgeable as well. <laughs> but um, it's too funny. true. That true that. Yes, so my top choice was not picked. I feel like, Professor, you know my top choice.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty sure, but I just wanted to sit quietly and listen to uh, Dimitri howl in anger as you say it.
1: I know,
2: right? Don't do it. Don't do it. So my backup,
1: just in case, because I felt like the professor was going to take him, my backup was Lynn, so I just want to put that in put that out into the ether but my mvp and you may cover your ears or you may go and have a a piece of um the pumpkin pie with uh, a fork uh dimitri but i am picking khalil aka painkiller and i just loved everything jordan calloway did with the role in this episode i loved the tender moments with uh, jennifer i loved uh the way he emoted when he realized what Tobias was saying. I loved him with Clifton Powell, just both of them together and, and the history and, and um, the strength from the Reverend and uh, just, just everything Khalil in that scene was really good as well. And that big fight with Tobias was just fantastic. I knew he didn't have a shot at like killing him because obviously they're not going to kill Tobias in that way in the middle of an episode, in the middle of, um, what was this, episode six of a season. You know, they aren't going to do that to Tobias. Uh, they aren't going to get rid of him in that way. So uh, it was hella entertaining though. It looked hella painful. Um, I mean, the dude cracked open a freaking... Um, tank w- with his skull is amazing um, yeah so the, the little glimpses of a potential redemptive arc and I am shipping uh, Khalil and Jennifer together so uh, seeing them taking a step in the right direction I saw a near kiss it turned into a hug uh, which was fine I guess um, they can kiss uh, in the next episode for maybe 10 minutes straight just to infuriate um, Dimitri <laughs> so yeah no historically
2: when you expect a kiss and then an encounter ends with a hug it means the girl really likes you
1: it does so one nice
3: little thing Mm -hmm. i just want to mention uh, a little acting choice jordan calloway made in that scene was that as he was getting the hug he was wincing because of you know the injuries he'd gotten from uh his fight with tobias so i thought that was a a nice little uh thing that he did there you know establishing that you know no he really had had the crap beaten out of him so even as he was getting the hug you know because she was pulling him down to hug him at her level you could see him wincing Uh, You know, from the pain from uh, his uh, the fight. So I thought that was a very nice acting choice on his part.
2: Didn't even spot that. But yeah, that is a nice touch. I should clarify, while I hate Khalil's guts, I don't think anybody on this podcast is throwing shade at Jordan Calloway. He is killing it in this role. I think the reason I hate him so much is Jordan Calloway is doing such a good
3: job. Oh yeah, as long as he stays in his neighborhood, right, Dimitri?
0: Oh my you gosh.
1: can kiss my brown ass. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is amazing. So now it is time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 electrical bolts? The point system is allowed, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving a more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted electrical force field. I'm still cracking up over uh, just the fantastic shade uh, via Canada during this podcast. It's amazing. Who knew the Canadians Whoa, could throw shade. so much shade? Is that shade. a
3: racist thing you're saying? Oh, my, <laughs> oh god. my god, what is going on on this podcast?
1: <laughs> oh, that's... I don't know if it necessarily works with shade, but um, but I, I did like the the, the attempt, Professor. Uh, professor, you may go first since you're talking. Mess.
3: <laughs> As I said, there there were some things about this that show this episode that didn't quite ring true to me. It it it's it's, it's a bit unfair to say you know it, this wasn't a, you know a proper Black Lightning episode because you know the show hasn't been around that long and it's it's still finding its way. But it did feel just. Weird to me and and I did like The fact that when they put Jefferson in that situation He had the same reaction as us That this is just weird um, But that said Yeah I just I wasn't as engaged As I usually am uh, In the show there was some stuff I loved You know uh, painkiller with Tobias and uh, and Khalil with, uh, with Jennifer but the whole stuff About South Freeland just felt weird To me it may have a good resolution But right now uh, I can't go higher Than a 7 for this episode
1: all right, we've got a seven. Dimitri, do you agree? Will you go higher? Will you go lower? How would you rate this episode?
2: I, I'm gonna agree with the professor, probably because he's a white man and clearly I've shown my
1: tendencies. Um, wait, did the professor I'm gonna go with a seven. His, oh great, now
3: um, I feel guilty.
1: Wait, did the professor put his ooze inside you? It, it, why you had to go there that's so nasty. I
2: want oh, to take power right
3: why now was Jeff ask the white guy first. Who's the racist now, Jeff?
2: Well, uh quick disclaimer, we take racism very seriously on this podcast. Please disregard this rub of trolling. Um, all of viewers <laughs> out there who are currently unsubscribing uh, listeners. Listeners yeah. Um, I I'm gonna go with a seven. I just can't behind get behind the Purdy Sanjay storyline. It's a little too far fetched, a little too cardboard for me. Um, great, you know, performances by our, our main cast. I will say a great storyline for Khalil. Um, I really wish this episode was more spent giving us a few more hints about what Tobias was up to. Um, some great character development with Jen. Um, the the her her work with the bad kids has thus far felt almost like an aside, and I think this sort of encounter with the parents really brought it to the forefront. So, you know, some good choices, but the Purdy-Sanjay thing, it ain't it, fam. I, I, I know we're going to get more of this storyline. I hope it picks up, because it's clearly not just a one-episode thing. Right now, I'm not feeling it, and I'm sorry, it's a seven for me.
1: Okay, two sevens. Shocker, I'm gonna come in a little bit higher. I'm gonna give it an eight. Uh, I thought it was a a fine episode. The reason I'm giving it an additional point is because I really, really loved the Khalil and Tobias stuff. I really loved the Lynn stuff, even with uh, just the word salad that was Jennifer in that. It, It was pretty damn awesome. I loved the Gamby stuff so uh, everything outside of the A storyline was really good for me and so that kind of elevates the episode a little bit i can kind of slightly ignore the uh looker of it all and um give praise to everything else that was going on in the episode i do hope and i'm going to put this out into the universe much like both of you did that this ends up picking up and it becomes a bit more of an interesting storyline in the next episode. I I like what they're doing. I understand what they're doing. I just I I need a little bit more and I hope uh they bring it because obviously this was uh at least a two-part type of story. So, well, technically, I mean, we saw a little bit of them two episodes ago, but uh or um Yeah, uh, no, we saw a little bit of them in the previous episode, so we got the fuller context in this episode. And I hope there's a conclusion in the next one so that we don't have to really drag this out. I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Stay tuned. So there you go. On that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of the Freeland Gazette. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us.
4: Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Freeland Gazette. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe. Dot .com, slash Poppy Chula radio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play, just search for the Freeland Gazette and subscribe.
1: Thanks, announcer, my co-hosts. Please wish the listeners a good night, and uh, if you wish, you may wish our American listeners a happy Thanksgiving.
3: Good night, and happy Thanksgiving.
1: Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Freeland Gazette every Thursday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chula Radio archives. Good night, and happy Thanksgiving.
4: Thanksgiving!
3: Happy Thanksgiving!